Hi everyone, it's Rachel Donovan here again, and I'm here today with Peter Westerby in the series on participatory community development. Uh, we're recording here today on Jinnaburra country, and Peter, I'm really excited to talk to you again today on micro method um, in the method framework that you've been speaking about. Um, it was great to hear you and Tony speak about the implicate method last time. And I'm really keen to hear about more about the micro method. So tell me what what is the micro method and how does it um, how is it helpful for practitioners in community development? Yep. Look, it's great being here, and I I mean I'm really happy that we got to talk quite extensively in two episodes really about that implicate method, like we in relationship with ourselves and coming with that clear sense of who we are. But I guess, you know, in this five level framework of implicate, micro, meso, macro, meta, the micro method level is really, in many ways, the heart of the method, because it is about the one-on-one -on -one relationships mm. with other people yeah. between a worker and a community member, you know, worker and a citizen. And, and in so many ways, this whole approach of participatory community development is about relationships it's a relational method yeah you know it works to the degree that people bond and build trust and build relationships and can work cooperatively so really whenever things are not working well or things start to fall apart a bit you come back to micro method yeah it's like what how am i building relationships so so that that's what micro level work is it's one on one um so you know, it's it's the the real building block. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah, it sounds like it's the crux of the work. You kind of start there in the relational. Yeah, space. you you start there and you keep coming back there when, yep. when when you're not sure. Like, so so really, we want to talk about this the the nature of the relationship because it, you know many professions have a focus on relationship. You know, a therapist mm. talks about the therapeutic relationship and. You know, there's there's many kinds of relationships. So I guess, you know, in, in developmental practice or participatory community development, we do characterise this 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 one-on-one -on -one relationship as being alongside one another. Mm -hmm. So that that's the key word. We're trying to be alongside someone. Um, what do we, you mean by that exactly? Well... Well, traditionally, if we go back to, say, the opening frame where we used in this pod series, mm -hmm. car series, you know, we talked the service delivery versus the participatory yep. community development. In the service frame, the professional often identifies needs and offers a solution or tries to help based on their professional expertise. Yes. So that, that in some ways, isn't, we would not characterise that as an alongside relationship. It might have elements of alongside, but ultimately it's I'm here to help you. Yes. Um, whereas in a participatory alongside, we really don't know how to help people. Mm. That is genuine. Like people who we build relationships with and we're listening around their challenges, their dreams, we, we don't know what the solution is. Mm. But we, we, we intend our philosophy, our practices to build connection build relationship um it's disciplined and heartfelt work from the worker and and you know for the community member or the citizen it, it should be at least you know i've been listened to 
and I felt a sense of solidarity yeah. with this worker. This worker is going to accompany me. Mm-hmm. Now, even, you know, many people, citizens, community members will say, I want you to help me. And part of our work's to say, well, I can't do that, but I'll walk with you. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Does it, so does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it makes complete sense. So what are some, I mean, it sounds beautiful in principle, but what are some of the, um, I don't know, ways in which we go about doing this in practice? Yeah, look, in practice, it's, I mean, we we talk in the book, Participatory Development Practice, we talk about four principles. Now, we've actually discussed, Tony Kelly and I, three of these in the whole series on dialogue. Yes. We talk about, the principle of listening to of dialogue through sticking with people's text, the words they say, yeah. not going into commentary, which is our interpretation. Mm-hmm. We talk about the skill of connecting with people through what we characterize as a first, second, third movement. So that's all in, you know, the first series of this podcast. We really urge people to to go and listen because really micro level practice is about dialogue yeah yeah okay i'm not here to offer you solutions i'm not here to help you i'm here to be in dialogue with you yes but at the same time i'm i'm really keen to focus on one of the principles that i think sits at the heart of micro method And, and it's the principle that anthony and i have written as to to see what the people see yeah okay so this is you could say principle number one to micro method is to see what the people see which sounds kind of easy but it's not easy and and not only is it not easy but i don't think it's our first impulse I'll I'll be really frank with you, Rachel. When I do training in communities with workers or even people who would see themselves as leaders, I see one of the biggest challenges is people have really good ideas and want to do the ideas of how to solve a problem. They have a great project idea they want to implement into a community. Yeah. You know, I see, you'll hear people say, we've got, homelessness is a problem in our community i've got this great idea this is what i want to do yes and we all do that and i see workers like going oh you know housing problem google solutions to housing problems and they come up with all this research on how housing can be solved potentially now the problem with this is it it bypasses this first principle Mm. which really says you need to find out and see what the people see. You need to enter their world. Yeah. Um, you need to hold your ideas lightly. Put them aside. You need to put your Googled kind of bunch of great ideas of how to solve a problem in a document somewhere and forget about them for a while. Yes. Yeah. And, and this is crucial. The solutions to any challenges in a community in this model emerge in meso method. Yeah. The next level, which is where you've got groups of people together. That's what makes it community coming up with solutions. Solutions do not emerge at micro level. At micro level, we're simply trying to understand people's world, build relationships, build trust, 
and then gradually as you get to build multiple relationships bring people together yeah okay so actually part of our job is to resist at micro level people's quick jump to solutions say no no let's not get to solutions let's gather some other people that have this shared issue and then kind of explore some solutions but at this point we're just trying to see what the people see yeah it sounds difficult though because if you've got a community member in front of you who is experiencing homelessness or domestic violence or some of these like very complex challenges um, it's difficult to hold back i suppose when they're probably coming to you because they're also yeah looking for help solutions support and a lot of people are also in a bit of a yeah receiving of service delivery sort of yeah, yeah. mode um so yeah to slow it down yeah, and tricky. resist solution yeah. say hey let's go and have a coffee i want to hear your story mm. tell me of your life what what's your world like yeah and and to see what the people see yeah it, there's many difficulties with that you know we i, I you can't have a live everyone's lived experience yes. so you can't see what that lived experience is like yes. there's gendered class you know, ethnic, ability, disability, lots of lines of st structural lines. That means we can never see what the people see. And then there are all these pressures that kind of, um, I mean, we're not even up for trying to see what mm. the people see. Like I, I hear many workers, I don't have time for that. I've got pressure to get the project done or meet my KPIs. I don't have time to have a coffee. And, yeah. Well, fair enough, but you kind of have to ask what we're doing if the the press if that's the goal to meet the KPIs rather than sit yeah. with someone, understand their world yeah. and and work with them in in that alongside kind of energy. Um so you know there's those pressures of organization and institutions. There's clearly um the kind of almost like the expert attitude that means we actually many people think they know someone's world better than that person yeah knows the world yeah and, and i often say to my <clears throat> students this is very dangerous what we're doing we're filling you up with expertise and the biggest mistake you could therefore make is is believe that your expertise makes you an expert yeah. In terms of that issue that you're, you're, you're engaging with. I mean, I, I now work part-time at Hummingbird House, which is a hospice for parents, families that have children with life-limiting illness. I, I can read. I can understand the literature. Mm. But to sit with a family living with this every day, mm. to enter that world takes a great deal of listening, yes, absolutely. empathy, being with them in their homes, seeing what everyday life is like. And that's what I do at micro level. I join with those families getting to understand that world. And, and I'm very explicit with families. And, and they might say, well, can, you know, can you help on this? And I say, well, no, the nurses can. Yeah. My role as a community development worker is to sit with you, get to understand your world and see what we can do together. And, mm. and would you like to meet some other families that have similar issues? And, you know, like I'm trying to build community. Yeah, of but, course. But um, I have to ensure that any of my expertise doesn't 
hijack the fact that is deep listening and joining that's crucial. Mm. So, you know, and I mean, so alongside, you know, that expertise, professional knowledge, the, the imperatives of the work, the pressure, KPIs, you know, is also the question of, you know, seeing what the people see begs the question of who, where and when. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, you go into a community, and let's call community a neighbourhood, who, who's, whose world are you going to see? Yes. Um, I remember when I was young, like 20-year-old, learning community development, and we went to understand the world of people in psychiatric wards. No, not wards, but houses in the neighbourhood where yeah. people have been deinstitutionalised from the psych wards, put in homes in the community. Like, to go and see what those people saw to meant fairly careful, intentional work to step into the, the more difficult places. Yeah. You know, it's easy to see what the people see of, of people that have got confidence, that can tell their story. Yes. That have got, found a voice, they're angry, they want to tell you. Oh, well, that's easy. Yeah. But people that are so pushed down, yeah. so oppressed by histories and hauntings in their lives, how do you see their world? You and know? it could also be difficult to build relationships with them because, um, yeah, they've been burnt by so many systemic failures or yeah yeah all of those sorts of things so who are the invisible people how do you find them how do you um include them how do you see what they see yeah yeah when it might they might not express it also in very i don't know easy ways to um connect with or yeah it might be confronting somehow so it's tricky yeah and you know i think this who, when, where, Robert Chambers, one of the great development writers, has that old mantra, you know, how far from the highway are you willing to go? I mean, he's talking about poorer countries economically and yeah. you and I have worked in those countries and, you know, you, you, you get to a village and, you know, the wealthier people live near the road because yeah, they're selling their yeah. goods and wares but you know how far are you willing to walk from the highway to see the worlds of the people that are in the dusty yes. kind of paths around the back and it's the equivalent in a, a neighborhood like australia yeah you know i can you know meet people on the main street but what about those that don't walk the main street so to see what the people see is you know a relational practice that requires great intention in terms of who we're going to go and listen to and and dialogue with, join alongside. And from that joining, and this is where people need to return to the the dialogue podcast, we're kind of listening for those key themes that people end up talking about. And when we hear reoccurring themes from different people, our job is to bring those people together, which takes us to the next episode of meso method the the kind of small groups okay so that's the purpose of micro method and i probably would like to finish with this like if if our work at micro level is to build relationships Mm -hmm. to see what the people see to dialogue with to hear the key words 
that enables us then to start seeing what is shared and bring people together, it's that it is purposeful. Yeah. I don't want community workers saying to their boss, our work's relational, we hang out in coffee shops and have drinks of tea, cups yeah. of tea. Yeah. We're doing it with deep purpose. To join, come, come alongside here and then eventually bring people together because it's in the together that we find solutions in yeah. community development, okay? Yeah. So if micro method is alongside, meso is together. Yeah, so right. we're going to go there next week. Okay? Yeah, looking forward to it. Thanks so much for your time today, Peter. Well, thank you.